This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 31 of season 2. And today is also going to be short. We are experiencing a horrible heat wave. I mean, it's not looking good. Next week is um, 100. So I think today is a feels like 100 in the 90s. I'm very concerned about my chickens, and I'm very concerned about my rabbits and my plants. Oh my God, I'm so worried about them. I go out every morning and look at my pumpkins, and their leaves are all crumpled up. I mean, it's normal, by the way. If you see your squash leaves of any kind doing this, where they crumple and fall, one of the things I like to do if I have the time is to run outside and give them a cold mist, not a hard driving rain, but a cold mist over all of their heads. What they're doing is they're trying to conserve their energy. It's actually pretty smart. They'll pop right back the next day, but don't leave them in a heat wave. I don't know where you're living, but honey, down here in the deep south right now, anything gonna die without water. I just talked to my partner and he's like that, you know, what hair up against maybe having a heat stroke because he works outside all the time and that is where we are that is what's happening and our home is not centrally heated and cooled and that means that to do this podcast I had to turn off the AC (laughs) in the winter as my grandma would have said and I'm already sweating (laughs) so I don't know how long we can go but You know, it's Litha coming up, everybody. It's the celebration of the sun. And I think for those of us pagans and witches who care about climate change and our earth, which, you know, if you don't, then what kind of a pagan or witch are you? But it's a little difficult to celebrate. It's a little hard, mostly because of the crazy extremes that are happening, you know. And this is rough. Uh, June. And just mid-June, and we're looking at 100, I don't even want to know what July's going to be, y'all. I don't. Man, I wish I had a pool. (laughs) But we also have had periods of drought already where we didn't get any rain for weeks. And then, of course, it just dumps on us for two days and leaves us in sticky humidity. So, litha. And if you don't want to use the word litha... I lean towards science on this one. It's the summer solstice. It's the longest day of the year. So I'm never sure what phrase or word is up for litigation within the witch community. (laughs) I see them all go by and I'm like, well, that one's out. And yeah, you know what? Screw it. It's um, the summer solstice. I think we can agree on that one. And there's a lot of things that we do celebrate at this time. And I'm not going to get into what my coven does but I would say that well that we need to be cognizant of what's about to happen and that is the days are going to get shorter from here on out all the way up until that night for me I think of things that I want to bring into my life things I want to swell 
you know, like a watermelon on a vine, baby. And after that night, it doesn't mean I won't do anything like that anymore. But overall, I work with energy to let things go or let them get on their run to getting done. If you know what I'm saying, it's just going to kind of suck to do it in 100 degree temps. The other night we were sitting out on the front porch watching the fireflies and it was 92. I almost died. While my doggies like to be outside in their run in the daytime, I'm already doing that thing where I run out there at noon, grab them all up, <laughs> run them into the AC, and then take them back out about six or seven so they can, well, not, you know, pass away from the heat. Speaking on homesteading like I did last week on chickens, chickens can get too hot, especially old fat chickens like I've got. So, you know, a good industrial fan. That's not blowing directly on them, but kind of running through the coop is a good idea. I don't think we thought out very much how they needed to be out of the sun in Alabama summer when we built those coops. Although the rabbits are doing great. They're underneath like three elderberry and it's just this secret haven over there. They're real happy about it, which is good because they got winter coats on. I can't imagine what they're feeling. You know, this heat wave has actually got me thinking about something. I noticed myself today. I was out there spritzing everybody and, you know, boiling alive while I was doing it. And it made it very uncomfortable and I wanted to get away from the moment. I didn't want to be in that moment. Now, for me, since I'm very connected to my farm, and yes, we do have a licensed micro farm in the state of Alabama, organic one. But for me to not want to be outside is a real big-ass deal. And, you know, I was born and raised here, so I'm kind of acclimated. But still, when the humidity is the same number as the degree outside, the heat index is, it's like swimming out there. It's pretty difficult, especially for this old 80s gal who still wears makeup sometimes. And I'm standing there thinking how much I want to just run back into the A.C., you know, and I've been learning so many lessons. I've been grokking on so much in my older years. So one of the things I've been working on lately is being present no matter how difficult the situation may be. Well, of course, now I'm not talking about outright trauma because outright trauma, uh, that's a whole other animal. But I mean, uncomfortable positions that we have to be in and how to get the bone marrow out of that one. And suck it on down and find something worthy in a time that we can't move. So I'm standing there. I'm holding this um, hose and misting everybody and occasionally myself. When it occurs to me how downright miserable I'm telling myself I am. Now, my body is uncomfortable. But I'm also echoing that. I'm saying, oh, you know, excuse my language, but don't. Fuck this. This is painful. You know, but I don't have a lot of choice or my stuff will die. And while I'm standing there just bitching to myself, just, you know, losing another hour of my life and there's not a lot to lose anymore. And I really don't want to waste them. A butterfly. I'm not kidding. How very, as my 80s uh, old self would say, how very a butterfly ran right into my mister and just flopped around there for a while. It was a very fine mist, so it didn't really weigh the butterfly down, but she seemed to enjoy it. And then she flew away and came back and landed on my shoulder. 
And I went, well, shit. I didn't want to mess up my makeup. I had something I was going to do later on today. But, you know, you never know what time you have left. And it's almost Litha. It's almost summer solstice. And I want to be present. So, I turned the mister on myself. On my face. <laughs> let my makeup just drip right off. And really felt that cold mist in that beautiful sun. Probably the best ritual I've ever done at this time of year. But for a multitude of reasons, this time of year is difficult. Trying to keep things alive, trying to, I don't know, stay in the damn game. And that's usually when I find my own litha story hitting the hardest. You know, for reasons quite beyond my control, I have not been able to be a mother to a daughter, although I have wanted to be. When I met my beloved Willow, who was a priestess in my tribe and a daughter of my heart, I have fully adopted her. When I met her, it was ungodly hot in Alabama. It was Ostara, but it was ungodly hot. It was painful to be there, which, you know, can happen down here. And she just really doesn't like the heat at all. And there are reasons for that physical limitation reasons that would break your heart. But, you know, you would never know it by my warrior. She reminds me an awful lot of me. Maybe sweeter, maybe better as a human being, but still in all, quite a bit like me, her magic mama. You know, when I was a little girl, my grandma loved me because of all the things I was. Whether that be antagonistic sometimes, or stubborn, or crafty, whatever it was. My grandma loved every part of me. It's the way I attempt to love my own family. Nothing held back, no holds barred. And Willow came to me. She was young, and she was still uh, one foot in Christianity. Hadn't really let go of it all yet, and I told her she didn't have to, but the way things went, she decided to go back out into the world and get back to her church, and that was fine. Whatever she needed to do, wherever she felt the most magical is where I wanted her to be. She did come back home, and most of the time, I'm worried about whether or not she's going to live. She has some health considerations, and uh, those are very specifically difficult Unlike mine, unlike anyone else's I know, actually. I've always said that everybody's hell is their own hell. But when you have somebody like Willow in your life, and you see her fighting that good fight to live, and you still see the wonder in her eyes, the way she opens up herself to magic, the way she wants to fly, it kind of, well, to put a hitch in your giddy up. You know, especially if you've been bitching or feeling fairly sorry for yourself. That young lady... She knows how to live, and I think sometimes that she knows how to live because she is always right there on the cusp of dying. I wish I could take it away from her, but it's just magnificent to see that kind of life in a human being. So when I'm broken and when I'm tired and when I don't know if I want to celebrate the sun, <laughs> especially when it's burning my skin and tearing up my beautiful plants, I have to remember, I don't know how long I've got with that son. And that's kind of how I feel about my baby girl. I don't know how long I have. I'll take every minute. She doesn't know how long she has with me either. I don't think I talk about it on this podcast very much, but I have a 
fairly serious heart problem. You know, I should take better care of myself. So I reckon the two of us, <laughs> we make quite the pair. But she has, um, while been my student for, oh my God, over a decade, and I'm really not quite sure what I have left to teach her, she has taught me so much about living. You know, I do believe that we can become family outside of bloodlines. I do believe that. I think it's a, a choice we make in our heart. Parents can adopt, but I feel that we all can adopt at any time into our lives, into our traditions, into our homes, into our hearts. Adopting Willow was probably the smartest damn thing I've ever done. And so while the heat is not her friend, and therefore summer solstice is not her favorite, she brings back the sun for me. I remember a night sitting outside underneath the stars, and we were having our meeting. Some would call it a coven. We tend to call it a tribe. But we were having it. We were having our get-together, our group. And everyone there, they, well, they were just complaining about whatever had been going on in their day. And some of it, you know, everybody's hell is their own hell, was very justifiable. I think I was complaining about working so hard for very little money. You know, we were just going through our daily and sometimes even more painful issues. I didn't know then. She had hidden it from me for a very long time that she'd been on chemotherapy that entire month, that they were just trying to get it down to an operational size. I had no idea. And she never told us. So she just spoke like she usually does, you know, in such care and concern for our first world problems that we were having. I did notice she didn't seem very energetic that night. It took a long time for me to understand that she didn't see this situation, she calls it, one that would keep her from doing what she needs to do in this world. When I think about it, I can't find words. I'm sitting here, I'm looking out this window. I'm watching my fig tree and it's blowing in the wind. Just got a thunderstorm warning. <laughs> And that's what she feels like. Feels like a storm in the middle of summer solstice. The power of her will and her heart, it just would knock you to your knees. Ah, you know, she is a Scorpio. <laughs> and the lessons I've learned about loving where I am, standing in the brutal heat of Alabama and finding a way to love where I am and remembering to be thankful for so much love and so many wonderful things in my life it all came from Willow. Well, Willow and my grandma. You know, she just had surgery on her shoulder and couldn't drive. I'm sure was in horrible pain. And still, she found a way to get to my son's 30th birthday. And still, she found a way to get to my front porch. She never asked for a damn thing. And if that ain't the sun, I don't know what is. She calls me mama. She calls me mama and the world suddenly it just coalesces into something right and good and fair. I uh, lost that opportunity with another child. And it's like big mama just dropped this one in my lap. <laughs> she didn't have a great relationship with her mom. It was situational. It was a very hard upbringing. I know she loves her birth mama, but she calls me mama. And when she does... Everything in me about any past mistakes I've made 
heals right up. I should have known I was capable of this kind of love. My grandma did this to me. She loved me like this. I love my granddaughter just this way. Absolutely 100% unconditional. I've warned her. You know, you go out and kill somebody, baby, and it's going to break my heart, but I'm still going to show up. (laughs) That was the way my grandma loved me. And that was the way I wanted to love. And that's the way she lets me love her. Although, most of the time, I'm in awe of her. You know, I don't think we talk about it enough. I don't think we talk about magical teachers, you know, the good kind, and their students, and what can happen. They can become family. They can become better family than your blood family was. At least, uh, deeper. They were a choice. I taught her everything I know. Every single thing I know about magic, but also about canning and cooking and growing herbs and damn straight everything I know. If there's something I haven't taught her, I hope she figures it out before I'm gone. But what is amazing to me and what I'm thankful for this, Litha, is everything my student has taught me. We don't really think about that a lot, and I think we should. And what she's taught me is tenacity. Oh, there's other things too, but I think tenacity is the thing that really mattered to me. To be standing in a blazing sun, to feel you cannot move on, and to close your eyes and find something beautiful in that moment. That's what she taught me, that we're always just on that edge, and it's over any minute. So go ahead, baby, and suck that marrow. (laughs) Out of life like the bone it is, Willow. You made my life so beautiful. Thank you so much, honey. She reminds me so much of my grandma, and y'all know how I revere her. I remember my grandma. She had uh, triple bypass surgery in her early 80s, and the doctors wanted her on a special diet after that. You know, no salt, no nothing, nothing good. And I caught her one time eating something really naughty, (laughs) and I said something about it. And she said it took me 80, I think it was 84 years to clog up those arteries. I might have a good 10 years to eat. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think between Willow and my grandma, the things I've learned that are the most important in my life here as I look down the tunnel at 60 are the following. Get good sleep. Sleep's so critical. But know when to stay up all night with somebody with a broken heart. You can make it up later. Stand in the sun. Close your eyes. It hurts a little. But sometimes, honey, to feel something, it's gotta. Always remember that the front porch and sitting there with your people, people you love, that time is never wasted. Let the house be a mess. Yes, I know. You're going to hear about witchcraft and cleaning your house and how it's got to be all perfect so you can keep all the oogie boogies out. And that's all true. But honey, if you only had 24 hours left, would you be cleaning your house or would you be sitting on that porch? Balance that shit. Make music a part of your daily life. Never let the music stop. It's the only thing keeping us alive, honey, half the time. And if it makes you feel something, well, that's good. Anything else is done, isn't it? Oh, and grow something. Grow something. Even if it's an apartment and it's only chives in a window, honey, grow something. 
It's our best teachers on what magic really is. I go ahead and push my students to grow things. It's something that is critical to the craft as far as I'm concerned. I don't understand uh, witchcraft without growing things or at least spending time with growing things. They matter. And the lessons are all right there from ancestors in the sea to harvest. It's all right there. And let yourself love somebody and let yourself be wrong. You got to be wrong. But don't forget, it's so critical to say you're sorry. You know, the other night we were having group and Willow misunderstood something. I was leaning to help another member who was struggling at that moment. And I think she might have thought I was maybe ignoring the other student who was at the time speaking. And she told me outright that she thought I was being rude. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it did look rude. I explained it to her and I apologized and she understood and then she apologized. But hey, apologizing feels good, man. But I think the thing that she has taught me the most is that there are some things I am doing right. You know, you never know, right? Not until you try to teach it. But we really do love our big mama. We love our goddess. We love her so much. And there's never a time that Willow doesn't fall to her knees. It's something to behold, man. It's something to behold. I think I taught her that. I want to say I did. I think more than anything, Willow has taught me how to give it all away. There's very little that I won't give away. Desperately trying to make sure I have enough money for the bills. That's something else. That's just me hoofing it. Man, I'm hustling. I'm trying to pay the bills. But you can't keep everything, you know? In the pandemic, we had something really weird happen over here. I don't know if y'all been listening long enough to remember But we lost our oven and we lost our refrigerator and it was a nice one. It was only two years old and all on different breakers. It wasn't an electricity thing. We had that checked too. We lost our septic tank of all things to lose in a pandemic. Yeah, that was um, the most expensive. We lost our dryer. It seems like we lost like three other things and they were all really, really big and I was just slamming, trying to fix all this stuff at once. Very bad juju. I, I do realize that. Did a little divination. Definitely bad juju hit me. <laughs> I lost that oven. And my baby girl went, nope, not, no. Before the end of the day, I had a brand new one sitting in my kitchen. She knew I couldn't live without that. That would hurt my pride too much. She's amazing like that. She's just amazing like that because you do have to give it all away. I remember trying to tell my mother this, I think the last Christmas I ever saw her. Nope, didn't get to see her that Christmas. She didn't want to see me or my family that Christmas. But I was trying to say, you know, is there any way we could skip the gift giving, you know, or if we did, could we make it more meaningful? And... I guess it's a get back. I know it was a get back. I mean, she sent cards to me and my sons who were underage at the time. So, you know, not cool. Where she had given whatever money she was going to spend on me to charity. Nice, mama. So sweet. That's okay, too. It's okay to not have all the proper family figures in your life. Sometimes they come in other forms. So... 
while the heat is beating my ass. Y'all don't even know about Alabama unless you live here. I do know what that night's going to mean. It's going to mean that the days are going to get shorter. And we're on that downward slide, y'all, all the way to Yule. And there's going to come a time when my bones are cold, when I'm shivering, when I would probably give almost anything to stand in the sun and be pissed off about how hard I was sweating between my boobs. So on this night, I'm going to go ahead and give thanks. Because, you know, Willow has taught me, you never know how long you have. You never know the last litha. You never know the last sun. I'm going to enjoy it. Celebrate her. Celebrate that slide of the sun down the other side of the damn mountain. Because some of us, honey, some of us resemble that. <laughs> so happy Litha, everybody. Summer solstice, whatever is popular to call it right now. And don't forget, y'all, I have recently understood, it's taken me a very long time, that most of my listeners are solitary. Y'all are mostly solitary. That's awesome. I mean, we love everybody, but that's pretty damn cool. If you are solitary, don't worry about all the hubaloo. Hubaloo is fun. I love hubaloo. I bet a lot of listeners are like, well, I love a good ritual. We all do, honey. It's fun. It's Saturnalia. But, you know, a good candle, some pretty sunflowers, whatever's in season, that makes an awesome altar. Just go stand with your feet on the ground, kick those damn shoes off, light that candle, and honor the solstice. That's all you really have to do. It's a fire holiday, y'all, and I got a lot of damn fire in me. So honor the fire in yourself as well. Let that burn too. I had hoped to have sunflowers by this time, but we were late on planting those. It was one of those I forgot to do it, and they're all real short right now. But if you have sunflowers, it's a wonderful thing. You can grill sunflowers. They're delicious. So try that. I reckon what we're going to do over here is I'm going to make lemon balm tea. We have lemon balm growing wild now, and it is delightful. And it means the sun. It feels the sun. It tastes like sun. I'm going to put it over ice, though, y'all, because damn. <laughs> it's so freaking hot. <laughs> and maybe make a little sangria. But my prayers this time on summer solstice are going to be for our earth. I've started to make a dedication at this time of year, especially on solstices. It just feels right to me. So we're going to work on a no plastic summer and that's going to be hard, but come on. It makes a lot of sense. As a prayer to the earth, just not buying plastic. It's a big ass deal. And somewhere in the dark after Willow and Wolf Braun and everyone else who is invited leaves my beautiful backyard. I'm going to be out there on my knees, but it's really important to keep your head up. Witches like us, well, witches like us don't hold our heads down, do we? You can be on your knees, but that head needs to be looking up. That's where I'm going to be. Fireflies and probably heat lightning. <laughs> Sweating in places we don't want to talk about, but I will definitely be there. Because every turn, every solstice, it's another chance, isn't it? Another chance for magic and love. Another chance to uh, 
Well, be a witch, which is the most powerful, authentic thing we can be. All right, we need to do some shout outs. I know it seems like I'm double naming sometimes, but we have the strange propensity over here in Patreon to have several people by the same name. So let's go. So I just want to say thank you to Kate, Joanna, Lauren, Joy, Jessica, Drea, J. Anthony, April, Katie, and Willow. Yeah, that's my baby. And yeah, she joined Patreon. I was just hoping she would go in on a low level, but that woman, mm, mm, mm. always supporting a witch, and that's her nature. Our Patreon is fun. You don't have to join, but we do have special content over there. I do the occasional chat with my partner, and we release it over there. I've done one with my coven. It's about to be released, and we just feel safer over there. So if you wanted to check it out, that's where we are. We'd love to have you. It's like being part of a family. And no matter what, everybody, have a blessed Litha and Summer Solstice. Love y'all like chicken. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.